Welcome back to Mildly Eccentric and Eminently Wise. Today we have a wonderful guest who is going to be sharing some information about mentoring the next generation, taking some lessons from what the uh, women, young women and girls are learning through Girls Inc. Yvette Nekvatal Drew is a fabulous woman with just a story you just won't believe from her very uh, young beginnings as a new immigrant to Canada, from the former Czechoslovakia, and her her career um, that has taken many twists and turns, and 16 years ago landed her as the executive director at Girls Inc. in Durham Region, Ontario. I think you're going to absolutely love Yvette's story. It's so inspiring. And I think you'll also find that there's some wonderful lessons that we can all take that at any age we can start again, make transformations, learn new things. The other thing I hope that you take from this episode is the opportunity to provide mentorship to the next generation and to pay it forward. We didn't get that opportunity ourselves uh, for those of us who are in the second half of life um, in order to build those resources and resiliency and ability to uh, move up and stand on our own and make change to the same degree as this generation coming up is getting these opportunities. So I hope you enjoy the podcast today. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce Yvette. Hello, thank you so much for having me here, uh, April, and to share about uh, some of the experiences uh, that I've had in my life that's kind of led me to becoming the Executive Director of Girls Incorporated Durham. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you could join us, Yvette. It's uh, something that, um, as we've discussed uh, between ourselves, that, you know, it's it's something that I think us as people in a different um, stage of life didn't get opportunities to take part in these types of uh, organizations and mentoring and, and learning um, diff- and having different resources. But I think what I want to do is just maybe you could give us just a little glimpse into kind of your life. I know you you came to Canada as a child and I won't fill out any more of those blanks. So I'll let you kind of give us a little bit of your kind of personal history and then we'll move into kind of the whole idea of behind Girls Inc. and how um, women listening to this or anybody can contribute and also maybe take from it as well for some lessons for us. Awesome, great. Well, um, I came to uh, Canada when I was very little. My parents, um, they escaped from communist uh, Czechoslovakia with two small children um, and they went to Austria. They just actually packed one suitcase. Uh, They weren't able to tell any of their family or friends uh, or anybody that they were going. Uh, because of prosecution and and worry about what would happen to them. And uh, they just went to across the border with one uh, suitcase and two children pretending that they were gonna do a day trip to uh, Austria. And then from there they defected and never came back and were in the refugee camp 
um, they, once they arrived there, my father was taken. They were separated and he was put into jail. Uh, they do criminal uh, background checks. And uh, my mom was alone with my sister and I, who unfortunately, while we were there for about three, three and a half months, uh, we contracted German measles. Uh, in the camp and uh, we're sick. And I believe uh, we had a window to be able to leave. So at that time, they had a choice uh, to be able to go to Canada. They were shown all these amazing pictures of uh, British Columbia and I think of Toronto, uh, but they ended up landing in Winnipeg uh, <laughs> in the winter, uh, December 24th. And oh my gosh. The hardest, harshest climates at that time. And still. My, yeah, my sister and I had a huge fever and uh, we were whisked away and taken to hospital. Uh, and my parents didn't speak a word of English. And it took them three days to find us. And wow. it was quite a traumatic experience. My mother spoke uh, German, Russian, Polish, and Czech. Apparently none of those languages benefited her uh, <laughs> communicating. Um, but uh, they did find a, a wonderful gentleman who spoke Russian that was able uh, to help them find us. And I think that one of the things that both my parents uh, found was that none of their education, my mom had a business degree uh, and my dad was a mechanical engineer, they weren't recognized in our country. And so they had a really hard time with learning the language, uh, trying to find uh, jobs. Uh, and I think that for me, my, my parents showed a really strong work ethic and always having a very positive attitude regardless of how difficult the circumstances were. Um, and I think that one of the things that um, they showed me is that they were survivors. And um, I think they passed on some of those strengths to me. Uh, For that, sure. You know, resiliency, never giving up. Um, and my mother, um, their, their marriage did, did break down after about 10 or so years. And my mother tried to uh, work as a teller and work in the financial industry and uh, um, as a clerk. She worked and she watched a lot of men, a lot of young men even, with a lot less education than her, uh, climb the ladder and just yeah. watch her by. And I think that she found that um, incredibly disheartening and, and difficult. And so when I um, entered university and I decided that I would go to Western, um, my mother entered university and decided to go back to school and earn herself an honors bachelor's in arts right beside me. So That's awesome. So yeah, how old was she when she got her degree? I believe she started, uh, she was about 45, I believe. Wow. Uh, returned and went back. Um, That's awesome. I'll just add a personal note that I went back and did my MBA at the same time as my youngest son did his business undergrad. Yeah. So we are often shared um, tips on various assignments because we had similar assignments in our courses. Of course, the demands on, you know, and how they uh, set the standards on my degree was a little more challenging than his. But yeah, it's really kind of a neat thing to share that experience you know, whether it's with your child or with your parent, obviously. Yeah, and we were actually in a law and feminism uh, class together. And so uh, it was really interesting to be able to sort of share 
uh, our insights and and notes and study partner. <laughs> yeah, well. absolutely, so, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's good for that encouragement and you know, and it's funny because uh, I found with my son too, he has a different perspective on things than I do. Like I might bring experience to the table, but he brought a different innovative way of approaching things that, you know, I learned from. So I'm sure same thing for you and your mom. Oh, that's awesome. I'm very glad to hear that you come from this, this lineage, because this is uh, exactly what we want women to have that confidence. Um, obviously Girls Inc. starts girls at a much younger age than we are now um, but to provide them with that kind of confidence and the and the resources they need to build who they will become in the future and who they are today and to value that so maybe you could tell us a little bit about kind of we were talking earlier a little bit about the bill of rights and some other things that obviously we can we'll put a link to the website for people to reference later as well but if you um could tell us a little bit about kind of what Girls Inc. does for younger, the younger generation, and then we can get into how those lessons can apply to people of any age. Absolutely. Well, I think Girls Inc. Uh, gives and empowers girls and women uh, to believe in themselves and reach their full potential. So we inspire all girls to be strong, smart and bold, uh, and we do that through advocacy, education and programming. We believe that girls are experts and we rely on them to tell us about their realities and their lives, their goals and their experiences. And I think that anyone, any man or woman who has ever achieved any type of greatness had someone who believed in them. And for thousands of girls right here in Durham region, um, that person is a lot of times Girls Inc. They yeah. may not have anyone in their lives. Uh, and they meet people at Girls Inc. who make that difference in their lives, who give them the skills and their tools to succeed, um, demonstrate and show resilience. Uh, we show them how, how to fail. Right. Uh, we have, for example, in some of our, our programming, um, our leadership and community action program, where a young girl, um, you know, 13 to 18, uh, will take on a curriculum, will show how they can be change agents and make a change in their own community, um, learn about what are some things that are affecting their lives that they may have experienced that they would like to see changed. It could be anything from you know, as they walk home from school or uh, behind their house, there's a, a light that um, is out right. and they don't yeah. feel safe. How do I change, you know, how do I get that light changed? So, yeah. you know, they say things like, you know, instead of saying, who who do I talk to? Um, they are the ones that are able to sort of move that agenda and give them sort of the confidence to be able exactly. to, to do that. Or even in school, uh, we had a young girl who was sent home for uh, inappropriate attire and, and she was like, I didn't feel it was inappropriate. She saw young men that had the same, you know, right. kind of top or shorts and, and felt that she was being discriminated because she was a girl. and. So taking that to administration, having a conversation about, um, you know, about being able to learn, being able to to uh, be comfortable, and to see that changes were made uh, by them kind of going through the steps that uh, they learned within our, our organization. That's that awesome. That gave them that conf confidence, right? Yeah. 
Well, that's a big part of um, kind of the philosophy that I'm promoting as well is the whole idea of, you know, first of all, challenging assumptions, you know, and especially when you talk about dress codes and what have you, um, I think that is a huge part of it. And also the idea of asking the question, how might we, you know, it's not about who do we complain to necessarily, but it's how might we, we identify something, whether it's in our own lives or, or an issue, and, and looking at different ways of solving that issue and approaching that issue and and asking those questions open-endedly so that we can really look at what the options are. So I think that's awesome to, to yeah. give girls and young women those skills. That's very yeah. helpful and forever. Well, the Leadership and Community Action Program uh, is also designed that once they take the skills and tools they learn, they become mentors to the younger girls in the mm -hmm. girl space, which are girls six all the way up to 12. Right. And so they really, um, you know, hone in on some of those skills and learn uh, by becoming role models and mentors to, to the younger girls as well. And so um, I, it's so amazing to see them blossom because a lot of times, um, they had uh, low self-esteem, uh, a negative internal dialogue. When you see someone that looks up to you, that, that thinks you are amazing, there's a huge transformation, right? Yep. Yes. And I think that that's one of the things that we always um, look at is, is we look globally, we think globally. Uh, I think it's important that we review uh, the status of women, not only here in Canada, but around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that when we invest in in women and giving them the skills to to succeed that has a ripple effect in our communities yeah. uh, and we know that um, we have a collective history of being in the shadows being discriminated uh, not counted not having a voice and um, has an impact on our ability to progress and have yeah. opportunities so exactly. that's the work that girls inc does every day uh, that helps sort of address some of the issues that are right here in our backyard as well as globally and uh, throughout the world. Absolutely. I can see why you wanted to stay there for as long as you have because it's uh, a really worthwhile and I'm sure very rewarding uh, role that you're in as well as your team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, I learned, I think, more about myself uh, when, through through the girls yeah. um, and I think that a lot of times when you see their resilience when you see them uh, fail and get up and try again uh, and I think viewing failure as an opportunity uh, to learn from our mistakes right yeah, and absolutely. to be able to know how can we do things differently so it, yeah. it's not ever looked at uh, in a in a negative lens and we sort of do that within our team within uh, our staff and our facilitators when we look at new um, initiatives when we look at new areas or places or or curriculum that we're going to try a lot of times we've never tried it before and so you know um, we want to be able to say this is what we're going to try here are the outcome measurements that we're going to measure our success and then tweak it and change it and uh, um, improve on it uh, so that it can be you know have the biggest impact in our community and can be the best version of what we're trying to put exactly forward. oh and again in a future episode of the podcast one of the topics that i want to explore is the question of whether mistakes are actually necessary 
to learning and transformation. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's necessary. It's not just tolerable or manageable, but it's part of the process inherently. Exactly. And I think that one of the things that when we kind of look at any programming that we uh, implement, we really go by the statement, nothing for me, by me, without me. And so we really listen to our girls, uh, listen to the girls in our community um, to hear what is on top of their mind, what are the issues that are concerning them in their daily lives and how we can be an ally to sort of help uh, elevate their voices and give them the skills and tools uh, to, to make the changes in the communities that we need. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that so much. And it, like I said, it's, uh, you know, um, those lessons and those experiences are such fabulous foundations for girls and young women to build to go into their future but it's never too late you know um really doesn't matter what age you were those lessons and and uh, experiences and um coping mechanisms and strategies and problem solving etc i think is something that you can learn and incorporate at any age so maybe we'll switch gears a little bit um to kind of talk about you know how can we in our lives later on even though we didn't benefit from those kind of mentoring and resources as young women or girls ourselves how do we incorporate those potentially in our own lives um, and during our life's journey yeah i think that there are so many opportunities to look in for volunteering within our community we're always looking for uh, guest speakers we're looking for businesses to sort of collaborate with uh, looking for different types of, um, you know, skills and jobs and all kinds of uh, careers, because we believe that our girls, if you see it, you can be it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times our young women are not exposed to a different, you know, a lot of different uh, job opportunities or to be able to see different careers or fields. And so um, life and your sort of career, what do you want to be when you grow up is not linear. Right. Uh, many of us have had uh, you know, many different career paths and great sort of shifts in to what has led us to where we are today, right? And yeah. so I've seen that in myself. Um, I went to school for STEM, uh, you know, I was in uh, neurobiology, I thought I was going to be a physician, doctor, researcher, um, the sort of layout at that time um certain things and life experiences happened that didn't allow me to excel to the level that i uh wanted uh, i didn't feel i was smart enough uh, it was incredibly male dominated in order to do you know a master's or even a phd or do research uh, you had to be invited or work under or mentored under a professor right. um, that was never uh, approached to me. Uh, there was never any, even though I had good marks, um, I didn't feel like I was smart enough because those conversations were never 
um, had with myself, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I thought, oh, I, I guess I'm not selected. I didn't know what the process was, right? right? I didn't know which electives to take. I didn't know how to maneuver uh, through the system. Right. Um, and because my my parents they didn't you know speak the language really well they didn't go to school uh, in this country yeah. they didn't understand you know what the electives and and things that you needed in order to get uh, certain areas and that led me into um, teaching uh, I taught sciences as well and then my passions led me uh, into midwifery and working at trying to get midwifery legislated here in in Ontario mm -hmm. um, and I was the president of the Ontario Midwifery Network where you know it took about five years to even get uh, you know it planted that seed and took another 10 years before it became legislated. Yeah. Uh, I became a lactation consultant and midwife and then I worked at implementing a, a prenatal nutrition um, uh, program that's uh, federally funded uh, from from the, the federal government uh, to at-risk women here in in uh, Durham region. Yeah. And from that pilot uh, and being a coordinator, it was a one sort of pilot site that then grew to ten sites that then involved into um, becoming an executive director of a girls organization. And when I came to Girls Inc, I brought the prenatal nutrition program to Girls Inc because I saw yeah, it as yeah. a really great synergy in a sense that if we gave this girls the skills and tools that they yep. needed uh, and the confidence that they would be able to make the choices around whether or not they wanted to have children, have pregnant, um, at the time that's right for them, right? Right. And uh, oh, that's so awesome. That's it's just a whole a, full circle of, yeah, you know, yeah. not one career path right. uh, on its own sort of connects, but um, when you follow what you're interested in, uh, what feeds your soul, um, they're all sort of connected. Absolutely. Well, and I think too, you know, going back to kind of the beginning of the conversation, talking about, you know, what you learned as a child, even though you didn't know you were learning it, you know, you were experiencing this uh, huge transformation of coming to Canada. The fact that your own parents, you know, struggled but coped well, you know, were very resilient people, you know, um, obviously had a very good role model in your mom. You know, I will say your dad too, but mom going back to school is like a that's a major, major thing. Um, and especially in that generation, because, you know, it does happen more now than it did then. So, you know, so it's really awesome to hear kind of the rounding out of your own personal life experiences, because a big part of what I think um, our audience and listeners need to know is, again, it's, it's okay to make changes. And it's okay to transform and there's no right or wrong way to do anything. And it's about, again, finding your passion. And, and I do believe that, you know, you're a lot of people, especially with the pandemic have had an opportunity to really slow their lives down and to really take a close look at, you know, am I doing what I want to do? do? Am I really authentically myself? And if I don't feel like I am, how can I, 
make that more? You know, how do I, how do I explore that in a way that, you know, I can stay safe, that I can, you know, support myself financially, that I don't have to worry about taking too many risks, but unless you're a risk taking person, but you know, how do I strategize around that? And how do I develop those skills, you know? Absolutely. And I think that that's one of the things that we're, we're sort of seeing today. We're doing things that even our gra grandmothers or mothers wouldn't even dream of, right? Yeah. I think that this is a turning, 20th century is a turning point for, for many women. Uh, women are finding their voices. Uh, they are uh, the newest growing market in entrepreneurial. I believe it's like 78 to 79% yeah. of new businesses are head by women yeah. uh, because they're saying that the the traditional job market is not working for me right. um, you know i i found it very difficult as a woman uh when i had small children um not to have any type of daycare subsidized daycare positions that mm -hmm. all that sort of burden fell upon my shoulders and yeah. uh, you know now we're seeing it being as a shared um if you have a partner it's a, a shared resource of you know who if a partner can work from home or flex their schedule um you know i think that at the time when i had kids it was kind of like there were two paths one you're really serious about your career right. and so that's what you focus on so if you didn't put in an 80-hour work week and if you yep. said you weren't available for a meeting that was code for i'm not going to be promoted because yep. i don't take my position seriously that's right, right. And so now we have a whole generation there that and and men that are stepping forward uh, and women that are saying uh, I want a work life balance. I want to be there for for my kids um after school or in their extracurricular activities or um, to be able to have uh, not have three or four precarious jobs in order for me to pay my rent right no, that's <laughs> right, right. Uh, and so i think we're having a different dialogue uh, around sort of those types of uh work-life balances expectations places um, I think the pandemic the pandemic has really shown a light on kind of restructuring and businesses are actually seeing that, wow, uh, we have a whole uh, uh, barrage of employees that were working from home that we set up to work from home and they were That's incredibly right. productive. <laughs> and it was successful in a lot right, of cases, right. right? We didn't have to micromanage and, and right. have them check in with a, with a time card or Right. Yeah. And so I think that those are kinds of uh, the dialogues um, that a lot of places are kind of having. But, you know, the global population, 51% uh, of the population is made up by women. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we should be at the tables uh, to make where decisions are made. We do two thirds of the world's work, yeah. uh, yet, you know, less than 10% of the world's income, right? Right. And so I well, think so, that- So much of our work is either undervalued or unpaid. Yeah, and, and we own less than 2% of the world's land. Yeah. So I think that that's one of the things that um, we need to sort of rediscover. And I think that that's where Girls Inc. shows girls that we do have power. Women are responsible for over 83% of all consumer purchasing power. That's right. And so, you know, that's where our power is. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We actually, we make a lot more decisions and have more influence than we give ourselves credit for, really. Exactly. Um, exactly. But it's also the programming, those stereotypes and uh, 
you know, that was also kind of where the podcast came from as well, to be honest, was looking at the stereotypes of women in general, but particularly of older women, you know, and looking at those stereotypes. And when I, I was doing some research because I, I, I do different things, blogs and coaching and art, and as you know, all sorts of, I'm all over the map, but it all has a similar message. Everything is, there's, there is an alignment there that may not be obvious to other people. But it's, I very much believe in creativity and that is my word for the year this year is create. So create security, create connections, create opportunities, create art, create uh, ideas. So the theme really comes down to doing some research because it's interesting, but also because I, I wanted to understand the pandemic and the impact on women because it's obviously been what they're calling a, a she session not a recession and you know to, to more fully understand how that impacts particularly women in the second part of life and seeing the number of people reinventing themselves you know and and then looking at okay well how how does one do that exactly and what does it take yeah, and i think it's all it's also that synergy of kind of looking at the right. bigger issues right yes we've seen in inequalities that are affecting women and girls today unequal pay for right. the equal work discrimination in the workplace uh the yeah. whole me too uh you know uh generations black life matters high yeah. levels of teen pregnancy educational inequities yeah. looking at violence against women and girls and exactly. this pandemic has really shown a huge light because a lot of um, the precarious and sort of the sea caring um, work is done by women. So exactly. if you look in the non-for-profit sectors, predominantly dominated by women, yeah. uh, looking at nurses, teachers, early childhood educator, daycare, uh, social workers, program support workers, elder care, like it's uh, your cashier, um, small businesses like uh, hairdressing and all kinds of areas where women have not had equal pay, equal representation yeah. uh, to be able to get their services have been essential, right? right. And well, I, in the pandemic, I think has reminded everybody how essential they actually are. Exactly, exactly. You and know? so I think that people are kind of stepping up to be able to say, you know, now that um, we need to really look at how do we um, go post pandemic to be able to continue to fill the gap in some of these inequities uh, yeah. that have consisted generationally and ha we haven't really moved that needle within my lifetime, right? Right. Uh, exactly. The fact that we don't have universal daycare or that we yeah. are still discussing what percentage or how many cents on the male's dollar right. <laughs> where exactly. we're at. Um, I think is something that we need to, um, you know, continue. And women are, and as I look at, amazing, strong, smart, bold men, men that are feminists and allies to yeah. um, making those changes within our society. That's right. Well, you don't accomplish anything unless you do it together. Exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's the only way. Well, listen, I'm going to um, pull this together now, and I'm so happy to have had this time with you. And I know that the uh, listeners out there 
um, will appreciate your viewpoint and what you bring to the table. And, and hopefully at some point in the future, we'll have you back and we'll we'll pick a topic and maybe we'll have a little panel of women to discuss it. Because um, I think that would be kind of an interesting um, discussion. Certainly appreciate your viewpoint, Yvette, always. And uh, you certainly have my admiration for your, your personal courage, as well as the amazing job that you and your organization do for younger women and girls. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we continue to try and make a difference in, in the lives of the girls that we reach by uh, having an impact on one girl at a time. And so we look to our community to have them engaged as volunteers, as, uh, as donors, as stakeholders, as community partners, volunteers and board members. So uh, look us up. So lots of ways to contribute and give back and, uh, and pay it forward. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. Listen, thank you again so much, such a pleasure. And we'll see you again next time. Thank you so much, Yvette, for joining us today. And I think, listeners, that you'll agree that the story that Yvette tells, um, both of her own life experience as well as the work that she does, is just so inspiring. Really happy to have had Yvette join us today and hopefully have her join us in future. We are talking about potentially having a small panel um, chat on various different issues that uh, pertain to women and our place in the world and uh, mentorship and overcoming um, discrimination and many other topics that are really quite relevant to the purpose of this podcast. So please, again, leave your messages um, at the link there is a link there for voice messages. Always look back, look forward to your feedback. And I really appreciate Yvette taking time out of her busy schedule to join us and share her experiences with us. Have an awesome, badass day. Take care. Talk to you soon. <laughs>